What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling podcast. This is episode, uh, I think it's 124, and we're we're doing an NXT review. Um, It's a little bit late. Typically, I do these after watching NXT, and it's a fresh review of what we watched. I just... I just didn't have that uh that that drive to do it last night. I, I finished watching it and it, it was, you know, this time change is uh time change always messes with people, right? So we we gained an hour of sleep, but my body did not. <laughs> um, I you know I wake up and it's you know what's supposed to be seven, but it's really six or whatever, right? And so I didn't gain an hour of nothing, uh, because I just wake up. When, when uh, when it feels natural, and it's uh, anyway, I've it's been a long, uh, a long week, and I just you know I wasn't feeling all that that well, and so now you're getting this podcast on a Wednesday rather than a Tuesday night. Um, before we jump into NXT, there's some other news as well that we're going to cover at the end of this show. Um, before we go into that, let's go talk some sort of housekeeping. Um, not a lot. I'm I'm working with uh, my uh, my brother and my friend Cody and as and friend of the show DJ Wavy D, and we're we're working on finding and finalizing a date for. It's not going to be a debate, but sort of a conversation on tribalism in wrestling um and i'm sure we'll we'll talk some AEW and wwe stuff i'm sure some comments will be made about that if not from anyone from me uh but um yeah so we're working on finalizing that date uh can't wait for that to happen have them all on here as well as i'm pretty certain my brother junkyard james will also be on for the end of the year award show which we'll we'll record sometime in december and get that out for you um and then uh yeah that's about it the only other thing i have is um if you are watching on youtube please hit the subscribe button place your comments hit the like button if you don't like this if you don't like what, what you're getting here, let us know. Hit the dislike button. Hit the down thumb twice. And, and let us know that. Let us know you, you know, hit it twice. Make sure you hit it twice. Uh, um, if you're listening on podcast networks, uh, leave us a review. Hit the follow or subscribe button on there, depending on the platform. They use different terminologies, turn on notifications. That way, when episodes are posted, you uh, 
You get the alert for it. Um, but the most important thing is share it with friends, family, coworkers, anyone that, you know, random guy on the street that's wearing a wrestling shirt, share the podcast. Tell them to look up Slap and Meat Wrestling Podcast. Join the Meat Slapping Gang. Uh, and, um, yeah, this, that's the only way we can really grow this is uh, by by sharing it with other people. And I do appreciate everybody that listens. And um, with that, uh, last thing is Slapping Meat merch is out at slappingmeatwrestling.com. Again, that's slappingmeatwrestling.com. Um, and other than that, let's jump right into the wrestling conversation. Um, and so I want to start with, with Monday Night Raw real quick because when I did the episode Monday, I recorded it at around 7 p.m., about an hour before Raw started. It takes about, you know, an hour to record and then maybe 30, 45 minutes to download and, and upload the video to the various platforms. Um, and so by about nine o'clock, I was done and I was like, you know what? I ain't got nothing else on a Monday night to do. I'm going to go check out Raw because from what I've was seeing on social media and and other places um it looked like it was a, a pretty decent episode at that for that first hour let me tell you something turning it on at nine o'clock and only having to spend two hours watching raw i liked it <laughs> um i don't i well i do know why they keep it three hours but at the, i don't understand why the fans have been asking to go down to two hours for a while. And when Raw gets this new TV deal, I hope this is part of the deal, that it goes to two hours. Um, and whenever Raw gets that deal, apparently they're moving from USA. We don't know. Uh, I, last I read on Raw was that they were going to be slow and methodical with it. They do technically have a, like 10 months before they have to make a decision. Um, and so, I mean, you would assume within the next six months, they'll have a network for it. That way they could start to promote it. Um, uh, but I would, I hope that's part of the deal is to make it two hours. Um, cause it was, it, it wasn't bad, but I, I do want to talk about sort of what I'm feeling with raw. And the big thing coming out of raw was the announcement of war games. And I'm not going to talk about that here. That will be basically most of what I have planned for next week's next Monday show that gets released is talking about war games, my feeling about it and, and, and whether I like or dislike the decision. Um, if you know anything about me um, and if you've already seen any of my opinions on it, um, you know that I, I, you know where I stand on it, but we're going to discuss that next week on next Monday show. Um, what I want to, to discuss was I was enjoying what I was watching until the main event, right? Until the main event. I may be the only one on this island, but I'm so tired of the main event scene of Raw. The women's division, just fine. The mid-card, pretty good. The tag team's being built. But the main event picture, and we'll, we'll talk about this more on Monday. 
not the biggest fan of the main event picture right now of Monday Night Raw. And and and, and I'm going to lay down a proposition to how actually you know what let's just go ahead and do it now let's just go ahead and do it now let's not wait till monday i'm gonna forget probably but let's just go ahead and talk about war games i'm not a big fan of this man i'm just not i'm not a big fan of them making november war games every single year and and you could come back at me and say well it's commercialism it's no different than the royal rumble I will come back and, and come back with it and say, do does anybody actually care about the Royal Rumble pay-per-view or do they care about the Royal Rumble match? Um, and so I'm not going to be in the corner of getting rid of the Royal Rumble match. I think we need that. But I don't think we need an entire pay-per-view called Royal Rumble. Um, I think the Royal Rumble match can take place whenever, wherever, it doesn't have to have its own show. You know, it, it's part of the thing with like extreme rules, right? Extreme rules for like the first three years they did it was pretty fun. But extreme rules matches happen anywhere. So it loses. If you're going to have it be its own pay-per-view, it loses its sort of edge with extreme rules, right? If you do it everywhere else, extreme rules is a stipulation. It's a match type. It shouldn't be its own pay-per-view. And I feel the same with war games. And this main event picture, I know it's been building for four or five months. But over the last four or five months, can anyone tell me one place in particular that got to the point that it required a War Games match? Can anyone tell me where this feud between judgment day and the ragtag pair of groups that some people will call the super friends or whatever you want to call them right where have has this feud got to a point to where it required being inside of war games war games is supposed to be like the last ditch effort to contain these people who got super extreme and we haven't done that in, in four or five months. We haven't done that. We haven't built this to where it required the use of war games. And so when people come at me, whether indirectly or directly, and say, well, it's commercialism, you lose me there. Because that you're thinking outside of the story. You're thinking of the business. And I know we have to think about the business of wrestling. That's part of it. But the, the 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 best booking, the best bookers, the best promoters can turn storyline into a reason to to where we don't have to think about the book, the, the business side of the business. It, it's not my concern about the commercial side of the business. It's not it should not be me as a fan's concern to worry about the commercialized. Uh, money aspect of the business that's not my concern my concern is when we do war games is the p are the people in war games you know is this feud worthy of a war games match is it worthy of that style of match and i don't personally believe that the story we've got with judgment day versus um, everyone out, you know, this ragtag pair of, of people 
I, I personally don't believe that this uh, works um, or, or requires um, a war games match. Um, and so, I mean, I get it. If you, I get it. This, it's a, it's, it sells tickets, but can we be honest? WWE didn't need to make this war games to sell tickets. A traditional survivor series would have worked here. In fact, I think it would have worked better. Let me explain. And this is what I'm going to draw out. But before we do that, I want to, I want to pull out the last couple of war games matches that we've seen with WWE. Um, I want to, I want to pull them out though. Since WWE brought it back, right. I want to pull out and, and, and show, um, I want to try to get the history of the war games. Um, let's see here if I can pull this up. I should have had this pulled up before. Um, okay. So in NXT, we had, um, was it three, four war NXT war games? Was it no one, four, yeah, four different events. No, one, two, five different, five different events. Um, five different events. Um, and so you had Undisputed Era, um, defeating Sanity and Authors of Pain. I don't exactly remember. This was still black and gold when that was happening. I don't remember that, uh, that feud, um, all that well. Um, And then you had Pete Dunn, Ricochet, and what's now Viking uh, Raiders defeating the Undisputed Era. You had Team Ripley versus Team Baszler, Team Ciampa versus Undisputed Era, um, Team Candace versus Team Shotzi. So for people who are sitting here saying, oh, this can't be, you know, just a random ragtag group of people. They Historically, that's what it's been. It's just a group of randomly ragtag group of people. Just four or five people fighting against each other. The last one was Team 2.0 versus Team Black and Gold back in 2021. And it's, it's always been that way. It's always been just a group of people together who... Right. And so, you know, and since it's been in on the main event, right, if you remember, you had the bloodline with Sammy versus the Brutes and Owens last year. Right. And, and that was a, a deep feud. B Bianca, Alexa, Oscar, Mia Yim and Becky Lynch. 
versus damage control. Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley was last year. Um, so okay, so really, what I wanted to see was have they done five before? Because traditionally, these are four people matches. Because the argument being used here is that Drew McIntyre is going to join the Judgment Day, and that that's where you know the 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 fifth member of the Super Friends is going to be either Orton or CM Punk's re-debut to the to the to the brand. And we don't have to do like I get it. It's a commercial product, and I really didn't mean to spend this much time talking about it, but we we are. We're, we're going to go ahead and do this. Um, I, I don't hate the the gimmick. I don't hate the match itself. It's going to be a banger of a match. I just don't think it's necessary for this feud. And as to sort of like, oh, it's going to be the the special fifth member is going to be Punk or Orton or or whoever, right? Where does that make sense? Because I can I can give you how a traditional style Survivor Series where it's Raw versus SmackDown and it's just champion versus champion and we really don't need story. I can tell you how that could be better. Look at the matches we would get if we booked that way. So you would only need five matches and um, that are Raw versus SmackDown. You could put on some filler matches as well but i think you would really only need to do five matches you would have the women's to the two women's champions the two world champions the tag team champions the mid-card champions and then the 5v5 traditional style survivor series match now, now listen. Let me book this out for you. Let me book this out, and and this could you because the question that's, that that could be asked by some people who, well, 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 how else would you do this? There's only three weeks. I can give you the entire pay per view in two weeks. I can build it for you in two weeks. I can build it for you in two weeks. This Friday, you have Nick Aldis start the show by walking into the arena on the phone with Triple H saying trips it's it's not right i ain't got a tag division here i don't have titles there's nothing for them to fight for can we please get either, can you please make us a title or, or or split up the one and triple h giving them a tag team title uh to defend triple h saying something along the lines of nick i'm already ahead of you man look in your office and we see him enter the office and at some point during the night and walk out with the new tag belts in the little uh, carrying case. That way we can, right. And, and you could do a whole new design of them um, and, and, or whatever, but, but, but give them a tag division and, and, and then say, we're crowning. It. And then he comes out like midway through the show and say, our main event tonight we're going to do a fatal four-way to, to crown our new tag champions for SmackDown. And there we go. We, we, we have a full pay-per-view set up. So now it's just, now it's just going to be, you know, SmackDown tag champions, whether it's street profits, I would personally put it on Waller and uh, put it on Waller and, and theory 
And so Waller in theory versus whether it's Judgment Day or whether it's, you know, Cody and Jay winning them back the next Monday, which is what I would do. That way you can have the sort of dynamic of heel versus face. Um, but Cody and Jay versus Waller in theory, that that would be a big bank, a big match right there. That's a big match for you. Um, and then uh, you would have EO versus Rhea Ripley. That's a big match. That, that would be a pretty big banger of a match right there. Logan Paul versus Gunther. That that that's a that's a banger waiting to happen. You have the traditional style uh match between um R- Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. And all you need to do with that is it, 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 traditionally it's just been Either you qualify for it or the GM, you know, picks a team of five people. And so you could have someone like LA Knight, uh, AJ Styles, Santos, Rey Mysterio. Um, trying to think of the men on 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 uh, SmackDown right now. Let me let me actually pull up the, the WWE roster. We can book this 5v5 because it's traditionally always either been upper main event or, or excuse me, upper mid-card, lower main event stars. It's never been the main event picture, to my knowledge, right? It's always been, unless there was a storyline around it, like the authority in, I think, 2014, where there was a lot of the main players in there, but it was the authority wins and we take over complete control. If we lose, we have to go. And Sting showed up that that one. That one's my favorite Survivor Series of all time. Um, but let's take a look at the SmackDown roster, right? And so, so you can look at SmackDown's roster right now, and you could put someone like Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles. Um, no, yeah, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles. Um, LA Knight, um, Santos Escobar, and, you know, let's see, who else could we put here? Let's scroll down this. Could be Karrion Cross, could be, could be Sheamus, could be Ridge, could be, you know, so let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and pick one. Let's do, let's do. Santos, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Sheamus, and, and and then sort of like the 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 secret is Dragon, you know, not really secret, but you put Dragon Lee in it. So AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley, Dragon Lee, LA Knight, and Santos Escobar. Pretty decent roster there. Versus who on Raw? Versus, um, I would put like Chad Gable, Bronson Reed, uh, Chad Gable, Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano, um, Ricochet, and Shinsuke Nakamura. 
there you go. We got the 5v5 started. And you could, right? And it doesn't have to be built on storyline. It's just, you know, who who does your people choose, right? And, and I easily just did it. And so so you could have, you know, a two-week build of, of qualifying matches to build a 5v5, or you could just have the GMs on each individual show announce the roster over a two-week period of time of, hey, you guys are representing the brand, go out and win. But then that settles to the main event of the night, which would be Seth Rollins versus a supposed Roman Reigns. But this is special because because we already know Roman's probably not going to be there, right? right? We're too smart of, of, of fans, right? And and hardcores and casuals alike, they love the dirt sheets as much as they compl- as much as casuals complain about the dirt sheets and the IWC. They love to take place. They love to play into it. They love to read the rumors. They love to read all that shit. And so all the casual fans and hardcore fans as well are sitting there saying, "Well, Roman's not going to be there. So how are we going to do Seth versus Roman?" Well, that's the point. Seth Rollins goes in. Roman Reigns, you know, through Paul Heyman says, hey, he's not going to be there. He He's not relevant enough. Because the storyline for two years, two, three years, has been Roman is scared of Seth Rollins. That he, he, he never answers the challenge. Because if we remember this, in title matches... In, in 1v1 title matches, the only person who technically has a win against Roman Reigns in a title match in the last three years is Seth Rollins. I believe it was Royal Rumble two years ago. Seth won by DQ. Technically, Seth is the only person in the last three years that has a victory over Roman Reigns in a 1v1 match for the title. It was by DQ, which meant Roman kept the title. So Roman's... Right, right. We could play into the story where Romans one still frustrated over Crown Jewel and how close he almost lost it, but two, he's sort of afraid of Seth Rollins, and so he's not coming back. He's not going to be there. He's he, he doesn't consider it worth his time to, to to fight him. It's not right, and you could play into the island of relevancy, right? And so then Triple H comes to to Nick Aldis. And says, Nick, you have to find someone to represent your brand. Who's going to represent your brand to, to, to be my opponent? And Nick says, I'll, I'll find someone. And for two, three weeks, Nick Aldis is on the phone, stressed out of his mind, trying to find someone. And Triple H comes the the Friday before Survivor Series. Triple H comes on and says, Nick, have you found somebody? He says, I'm working on it. I'll have someone. We're getting the we're getting the job done. So Seth Rollins goes into Survivor Series without an opponent. Without or without knowing who his, his opponent is. So he makes his entrance and he comes out to the ring and he grabs the mic and he's like, ah, go figure. Nick Aldis couldn't find anybody. And then the lights go out. And call it the personality plays. And whether or not you believe CM Punk's going to show up or not, and we'll talk about that, talk about this issue at the end of the show again, but whether or not you believe 
CM Punk's going to show up or not, this is a bigger spot for him than the proposed, oh, he's just going to be the fifth member of, of the Super Friends. Or him just randomly showing up to face Shinsuke Nakamura. This is a better spot for him. I booked a better Survivor Series, and it took me 30 minutes to come up with that. It took me 30 minutes to come up with a three-week plan on how to book a better Survivor Series than the one we're probably going to get. Because the entire main event scene of Raw is in a fucking War Games match. And Roman's not going to be on be there to represent SmackDown, and there's no one else there because they haven't built a fucking mid-card. The problem with SmackDown isn't Roman Reigns not being there. It's the fact that booking hasn't booked a mid-card. They haven't booked anybody. So we can sit here and complain all day about SmackDown's bad because Roman's not there. Roman's overdue to stay. Whatever, right? What's funny to me is that the we finally found an issue that the casuals and the hardcores finally fucking agree on. They want Roman out of here. And they both don't understand the gimmick. They both don't understand the storyline taking place. And what's actually happening with Roman Reigns. Both both parties don't understand it. Right? And so so do we need a war games match? No. Is it gonna be a is it gonna be a banger match? Absolutely. I'm gonna come on here sa- Saturday, what is it, the 25th? Saturday the 25th after Survivor Series. I'm gonna get on here. I'm gonna do a Survivor Series review show, and I'm more than likely gonna guarantee that it's I'm gonna say that was probably the best match. And you're gonna and, and the the response from from the listeners could be well you said we said we didn't need war games why are you praising it no no listen I'm gonna go ahead and get ahead of this we don't need war games but it's still gonna be a banger of a match the, both of them could be equal both of them could be true at the same time we don't need the match but hey, since we're getting it it's gonna be pretty good but what else are we gonna get on Survivor Series we got Rhea versus Zoe Stark for the championship. Personally, to me, I feel that Survivor Series should be which brand is superior as we end the year. Because this is the last pay-per-view for Raw SmackDown for the year. And and, and now that we have GMs, you could play into it. There could be something at stake. Hey, we're going to do a draft at, at the beginning of the new year. Whoever has brand superiority, whoever there's there's full five matches, right? So whoever wins, you know, whoever wins the majority of those gets the first overall pick and picks whoever they want. This could be big. This could be how you can transition and change the roster around, and and, and, and that's fun, right? And that should happen every year, right? Survivor Series should be like the culmination of every year's rivalry between the two brands, between those two brands. And if we want to make it fun, you can add NXT into it as well. It could be the culmination of the of the brands and the storylines leading into the new year and, and sort of closing out a year's work, right? Survivor Series should be sort of like, like, imagine we start booking WWE this way. The beginning of each new year, you have a draft. And it's sort of like a combine or or scouting where the GM of the individual show throughout the year is scouting talent to build 
his 5v5 roster. And he's and he's making decisions on who gets title matches, determining the future of his brand entering Survivor Series. I know WrestleMania is the big show, but you can make Survivor Series immediately, immediately, excuse me, if I can learn how to talk, immediately feel more important. If you give the stipulation of we're going to we're going to have a year long build and I, we're going to right, and we're going to make trades and we're going to do this, that and the third and we could sign people from NXT. Right, you can, you know, we could sign free agents that aren't in the company and, it, and you could make big value into the Survivor Series event if you gave it gave it the stipulation of it's it's going to be raw versus smackdown the best whoever has the most wins in the matches at the end of the night gets the first draft pick to start the next draft to start the new year which which is you know that that's an important thing if we want to create this sort of rivalry feel between the brands and in 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 15 minutes Right, and in 30 minutes off camera, I booked for you a better Survivor Series event. Gunther, Gunther versus Logan Paul. That's a big level. That's a big tier match right there. That's a big level match right there. Uh, Rio versus Io. And none of these have titles, so none of these need stories because you're culminating stories. You're ending storylines you're sort of wrapping up the year with the ultimate big storyline of who's going to get you know if you want to stay where you're at you have to win right if you're if you're gunther you're representing raw and you want to stay on raw right then you have to win your match to get right and you have to push your team and and, and right and so I, I think that makes Survivor Series better than just having random war games for the fuck of having a war games. Let me know what y'all think. Let's get into the actual purpose of this show now that we're 35 minutes into it. Let's talk about some NXT, and then we'll end with some 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 two big news stories that broke over the last few days. So let's talk about NXT first. We start with the Heritage Cup match between Tazawa and Noam Dar, which... Um, even though, first off, Tazawa, highly underrated in how people view him. I know a lot of people view him as, you know, the, the comedy gimmick, and that's that's where he's at, and, and he's fantastic at it. He needs some praise for this. Tazawa's having a run of his career with what he's doing um, with this run right here, with just being the, the comic relief in the show. And then he's jo joining here with the Alpha Academy, which are fantastic. Otis is great. Maxine is great. Chad Gable is great. You can get great matches, but also have fun segments. Um, and so that's really fun. Um, and th th this was just a fun match. Um, and and. What's his name? Uh, Noam Dahl retained, which is what was expected. Um, and it eventually leads to, was it Mensa versus 
No, no, no. It was uh, that leads to a backstage segment between Alpha Academy and whatever they're calling Gulak's group now. I don't think they have an official name yet, but Gulak versus Otis in a match later down the line. Um, Lyra Valkyria comes out and addresses her title victory. Um, she, I'm, a, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. Like I wasn't a big fan of her when she debuted last year. I just, I didn't like the look. I didn't think she. I, I thought to me she felt um I don't know I just I just didn't have that feel of oh she's gonna be a big star I have that feel now and that's what that's the magic of Becky Lynch that's the magic of what Becky Lynch can do for a superstar Lyra just she looks the part um she she feels important now and and as we head into deadline, um, it appears she's going to take on probably Zia Lee, which this was fun because if you watched Monday Night Raw, this was part of it that happened during the women's uh, little battle royal they had on Monday Night Raw. Zia Lee came out and attacked Becky Lynch. And in one of the discords I'm in, I don't remember which one, um, someone asked, like, what's the... What was the purpose of this whole Zia Lee thing? And what I love that WWE is doing right now is the continuity between the three brands. And this just goes back to my point that they view NXT on the same level as Raw and SmackDown or else they wouldn't be doing continuity with NXT. They just wouldn't be doing it. Right. If NXT was not important enough for them, for them to view, if they viewed it as developmental, they the, Becky Lynch would have come down to NXT and they wouldn't have ever mentioned it on Raw and SmackDown and stories wouldn't go back and forth. They just wouldn't do that. It, it, right. But Zia League only came to NXT because she wants the NXT Women's Championship, which Becky had, which is why she attacked Becky on Monday. And so she comes out on Tuesday and challenges uh, Lyra. And we have this continuity of the stories between the brands. And this is the way it needs to be booked. Because it's all one universe and three different shows. And if when, when you start to give continuity errors, there becomes a problem. And so to have these stories that, that, that start on Raw and continue on NXT, that, that's a perfect way to book the show. I'm in favor of it. And this, again, just completely shows why, first off, WWE as a whole is, is primary. But secondly, that NXT is ch literally changing, you know, how people view the brand. It's no longer just developmental. It is, you know, that third brand. And 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 WWE is doing a very good job changing how we 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 see um and and perceive NXT and it feels important. This was a very good segment. Lyra was a pretty decent promo. Um, it, it look whoever made the decision to to put her in the the top that she was wearing. I, let me applaud you. Cause she looked good. She looked good. Like, like I'm gonna be honest. Can we, can we not just, Lyra looked good. 
right? When, when, when she's in like her ring gear and she's all painted up on the face or, or and she's in the ring, sometimes you don't really realize, you know, she, she's kind of attractive. Um, and then the act and the accent, the accent gets me every time, but, uh, Anyway, we move forward. We get the the introduction of these qualifying matches for Iron Survivor, and we get the idea that you know legends are going to pick superstars. So Mick Foley picked the two matches this week, and for the women's side, he picked Fallon Henley versus Tiffany Stratton um, because it didn't happen last week. He wants to see it this week with ups up stakes, right? Now let me tell you something. There was no way in hell Fallon Henley was going to win this match. Um. But Fallon Henley, Fallon Henley's going to be women's champion one of these days. She has to be. She's there's there's so much talent there. I, I maybe it's just I like the gimmick. I like uh she's one of my favorites on NXT. Um, but this was a pretty decent match. It was competitive, and uh, uh, but Tiffany got the win. That, that was expected. She's going to deadline for the Iron Survivor match, and and you know it was expected that that was going to be the result. Um, we then leave after that, and a, a referee, I forgot his name, he leaves uh, Shawn Michaels' office and and gets you know asked, hey, what, was, what, what happened in there, what was said to you? And he said that Shawn Michaels was told to exercise discretion in relation to the rules of Wagner versus Breaker. We then see also in the background, and NXT does this so well, these background segments where things are – where like a promo is being given, and if you're not paying attention to the screen, stuff passes back by in the background. WWE is doing a lot to do this. Um, it and so we see Ava Rain entering Shawn Michaels' office. That was great. That was great. Again, that then we get the back the, the backstage confrontation between Otis and and Gulak. Um, we then get Wagner versus Braun Breaker. It was an interesting match. Um. I like the story between with Von Wagner and what's going on. I don't know how much longer we can play it on, though. I think it's getting a little bit stale, in my opinion. Um, Breaker, I, I, my feeling with Breaker, when he lost the title to Carmelo earlier this year, it just feels like I, the transition to heel has worked, but it feels because he's not going after championships, it just feels like he's... He's too big of a star to not be going after a, a, a title. And so I feel like he's just in this sort of purgatory in NXT that they want to keep him there because they want to have this, you know, a, a destined roster, like a, a solid roster for NXT to make it feel like it's not developmental. Because the problem with the language of NXT is, oh, Braun Breaker wins the title, he gets over, he gets caught up. And and the, there is a problem with that. There's no continuity of character there. You can't really get behind Braun Breaker 100% because eventually he's going to get caught up. And so I think they want to keep the roster of NXT, you know, solid and, and solidified and, and constant. And I, I think the idea of call-ups may be completely done. It could be just, hey, we signed to Raw. We lost this match. Uh, we lost this match um, to, you know, sort of like the Creed, right? They lost the match leave, having to leave NXT, and they never officially re-signed with NXT, right? And so they signed contracts with Raw. And and I, I feel we might have things like that where trades could happen. 
um, or or you know during the draft, raw drafts someone from NXT. But I also think eventually in the draft, NXT is going to be part of the draft. I I, I actually believe that. Um, we then anyway, Breaker beats Wagner. Then after it, uh, Wagner puts um, Breaker through the commentary table. And can I just say, Vic Joseph and Booker T are the best commentary group in WWE right now, and probably in wrestling. Because as he was picking them up, I don't. If you didn't catch it, Vic Joseph had like a like a bowl of candy on the commentary desk. And when when Vaughn picked up Bra- uh, Braun Breaker, Vic Joseph was like, "I don't give a damn about my candy. Put him through the table." Just it's just like their chemistry and and uh, Vic Joseph is great. He's a he's top tier and Booker T's just funny. I know people think he's annoying, but he's funny. Um, and and it, it, it the commentary of NXT is just next level. We then get a match: Kalani Jordan and Roxanne Perez versus Lola Vice and Electra Lopez. Um, it was okay. It wasn't, you know, the best. It, it was good at building Lola Vice, right? She won the breakout tournament. Now you just got to sort of build her as a legitimate threat to um, Lyra Valkyria, which that may actually be the, the the deadline match. I didn't think about that. We could get Zia Lee beforehand, but who knows when Lola Vice cashes in that contract. Um, and so this was a fun match. You know, you get Kalani over Roxanne sort of in the same place. Braun breaker is where it feels like she's in a purgatory because there's really nothing for her to do. And she's not going after the women's championship and, and, and she, her star level based on her sort of resume just demands that, Hey, she can't really be in the mid card all that long because with NXT, you have all these new stars, like Carmen Petrovic was shown again. Um, and, and so you're, you're building stories with the new people you just put in the breakout tournament. And, and so NXT, you know, with the women's division, they got the women's division in, in all of WWE, it's stacked. Like I, I believe it's at the point to where, you're probably like I think you could be justified in saying we need an all WWE show. We definitely need mid card titles, and I even think NXT needs a mid card women's title at this point, just to give some of these people something to fight for. And and and, and so, I mean, this was a decent match. It was exactly what you expected. Ariana Grace was out there. They're going to use her. Carmen Petrovic was out there. I'm glad they're going to use her. She was really the breakout star to me in that tournament. Um, um, we then get a, uh, a segment to set up brutes versus OTM. I, again, this continuity of brutes being on raw or excuse me, being on SmackDown and then being on NXT and, and it looks like the brutes are going to be on NXT. Uh, when was the last time we saw Sheamus? Was it the match against edge? Um, and so I like what they're doing with the brutes. And, and this sort of story of, you know, out the mud being the sort of gangsta, like we're, we're in the streets. Like when we say like from the streets in America, like we think of like gangsta culture, 
um, you know, out west, like GTA, do like stuff like that. And the promo with the brutes was no, we were in the streets here in, in, in England. And but that has a different connotation, but we still struggled, right? And I love the story. It was it was a really actually it was like a very it was a very beautiful commentary on you know of culture and how things change and it's not just a you know it's not just a particular group who struggles there's a lot of people of all cultures and 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 uh you know that that struggle i thought it was a a a very very good video to set up this match um Moving on, we have Otis versus Drew Gulak. Again, another decent match. Um, it, it did exactly what you needed to do. Otis is a star. The fan loved Otis. Fans loved him. Um, and they just, this really, really, really put in the fact that while we don't see like championships going to these two, Chad Gable and Otis are some of the hardest workers and triple H and the whole creative team has put in a shit ton of work to get alpha Academy over. And it's, a, it's, it's working. The fans love them. It's working. And this, this goes down to show that you don't have to be champion to be, to, to be like the top star, right? Alpha Academy is over. And I want to sit here and talk about it. They may be the best tag team in WWE right now. I want to know your take on that. They may be the best tag team in WWE right now in terms of character work, promo work, the gimmick, how over they are. They may just be the best tag team in the WWE, and I'm all for it. Um, um, we then get, well, this was our main event, I believe. Uh, Iron Survivor match number two, Tyler Bate versus Dijak. This was fun. Uh, Dijak ended up winning, um, which is going to be interesting to go into this Iron Survivor match where Dijak is going to be a part of it. That's going to be fun. That's going to be very fun. Um, and then we end it with the segment between Carmelo and... Um, trick um where trick basically is trying to get to the point of uh um did you attack me and and carmelo you know he's trying to avoid the question he's seeming sort of suspicious saying you know I'm, i've always been here trick uh i don't remember the full promo but trick basically mentions that you know he di he didn't see the person who attacked him and so when when Carmelo heard that he emphasized it a couple of times oh you saying you didn't see the guy who attacked you um and then as we were sort of getting to like Carmelo either answering yes or no Lexus King comes out and what a place to put Lexus King right cuz these are trick trick willy and 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 uh Carmelo are probably the two top stars right now in the on the brand right and the in, insert um lexus king right here they got some plans for this man and he comes out and he's he's playing this character 
and and he's getting under the skin of Trick Williams, which leads Trick to try to punch Alexis King, but who dodges and he hits Carmelo. This is fun. This is fun. This is that's heel work at its best. This was dramatic. This was story. This is going to be fun. Now, whether we get Trick versus Mello at deadline or Trick versus Lexus King at deadline, whichever way it goes, it could be a triple threat between the three. Whichever way it goes, this is going to be fun. And it's, it's going to be very entertaining. I like the story. Overall, while it wasn't maybe, you know, when we with Halloween Havoc being like the special event episodes, those were fun. And those were, you know, a lot of ha- a lot happened. You had a lot to talk about, and a, and a lot of you know culmination of stories and and things like that happened. Title matches, but you need TV episodes like what we had here to set up the next PLE. And so this was just a perfect episode to set up uh, NXT Deadline. I mean, you got just over, literally like thirty-one days. I think it's like 31, 32 days until deadline. You have four weeks to build it. Um, so it, it's going to be a fun event. I, I'm going to stick behind it no matter how good Survivor Series is, right? No matter how good it is. Survivor Series will be better than Crown Jewel, but deadline will be the best of the three shows to end the year. In November, December. Right, if we if we were to 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 rank those three events at, the, at, at on December tenth, right, we we go to sleep after deadline. We wake up Sunday, December tenth. You're gonna sit here and you're going to agree with me that deadline was the best, by far the best of those last three events of the year for WWE. And if you're gonna sit here and say otherwise, I mean, the event haven't it hasn't happened yet, so I'm not gonna hundred percent guarantee it but I'm fairly certain. I'm fairly certain that that's what's going to happen. And there's going to be like excuses of, oh, well, it's the circumstance or it, it's it's because they're able to do some more things because of of the, the you know, it, 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 what it is is it's just excuses. Let's just admit that NXT is the top show and move on with it. But but what what I see is from hardcores and casuals alike is they don't want to they don't want to put NXT above anything else because it, it it I think personally they don't they people look too too close to the ratings oh well it's third in ratings in WWE who cares it's not about the quantity of people who watch but the quality of the show that I'm, it, it, it's the quality of the show that I'm talking about. The quality of the show is the best. And if we, if we focused on the quality of the entertainment and the show, I think more people would end up watching NXT, which I think, I think eventually NXT could get above raw in the ratings. Personally, I think that could happen, but this was a very solid episode, very solid episode of NXT thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, let's talk about these last two news stories and then we'll, we'll, we'll get out of the, we'll get out of, uh, y'all's way. So y'all can enjoy the rest of your day. Um, so let's talk about, um, the first one, which is at first it was a rumor and then 
it became almost confirmed. You know, the news sources were, con con you know, the journalist, I say that very lightly, um, wrestling journalism are just a bunch of fans who created websites. Um, <laughs> um, the journalist sort of confirmed it, and then the network itself confirmed it. NXT is moving to the CW starting October 2024. This is where the TV deal will end, will take them. It was reported when SmackDown was reported to go to USA that Rollin NXT were not going to be picked up. Um, now, the from what I've read, the plan is to keep NXT on Tuesdays, but that could change. It's going to be up to the network. I don't see how the network changes it. Tuesdays fit well for it. You want to keep it the same. There's, let's not act like CW has a lot to put on TV. That right. But let me explain to you why this is a good deal, right? So many people are like, oh, why are they moving to CW? Let me explain to you how, first off, I kind of figured this would happen one of these days where a wrestling show would end up on the CW. Um, but two, why this is a good deal. So let's talk about it. So over the last six or seven months, well, let's first go back about a year. I think a year or two ago, CW got bought out by, is it Next Star Media? Um, and they own about 75% of the company. The remaining 25% is split between, I believe it's Paramount and Warner Brothers. So what's, qu what's quite honestly funny about this is technically Warner Brothers is paying the competition of their, their other show at least you know i think they own like 12.5% of it um but cw over the last like 6 to 8 months has really been trying to build a sports brand a sports division of their of their network they've acquired rights to acc football uh, some of them not all of the games but some games will be on acc football they've acquired the rights to the NASCAR Xfinity series. Now, if you're not a NASCAR fan, so the Xfinity series, when you look, when you think of NASCAR, there's, there's three brands or, or three divisions in, in mainstream NASCAR. Cause, cause once you get past these three divisions, NASCAR owns a bunch of lower tier, like developmental series as well, but the top tier pro series for NASCAR, you have the truck series. That's sort of where, um, either old retiring drivers who don't really have a lot of talent go and race or where the younger guys start out. You have the truck series. You have the Xfinity series, which is those are your up and comers. These are the people who maybe need one or two years of, of final pieces of their development before they hit the, the, the cup series. Um, and, and so this is the, these are like the future of, of NASCAR and the Xfinity series. Um, and so the Xfinity series, all they do 35 races next season. I believe it's, it's them. Let me, let me full. I could be wrong. Uh, them are, yeah, it's, it, it is the Xfinity all. Okay. Sorry. It's not 2024 starting in 2025 Xfinity series will be on the CW. Right. And so that really started those two deals really started this. 
and it really made me think, well, CW's trying to be a sports empire here. They're trying to build and try to, they're not trying to get the best brand brands involved, right? They're not going to do the cup series, but, but here's why that was a good deal. If you're not a NASCAR fan, you probably won't care about this, but the Xfinity series always got moved around. Like the race could be like just over and they were getting ready to do post race interviews. But uh, another, because those were always on either Fox or NBC and events, you know, if they went over time, they would just pull the race off because any sporting event around it, whether it's football, basketball or whatever, probably would have more viewers who would want to watch football or basketball than racing. Right. With with CW. They're not going to pull the race because that's what they're that, that's their big money program. Right on a Saturday afternoon. That's going to be their big money program. Right. And so, um, now acquiring the ACC, that's, that's going to be interesting on, on how that works with the schedule. I'm assuming the CW games will either be like a a Saturday night or like the 12 o'clock and, and probably more Saturday night games or like, uh, you know, ACC does Friday night games, and, and I think the Friday night games are going to be on the CW um, as well. So it, it's going to be interesting. They're building a sports empire, and for WWE to get on top of that, that's big. That's big. But let's also take a look at why this is a good deal for WWE. They're getting 70% increase in, in TV rights than what NXT was made. Now, let's understand. I don't know the number, but... Five years ago, when NXT was on the WWE Network, they weren't making money for it. I don't know the exact percentage, but it's well over a hundred percent increase from five years ago in terms of money built. Right, so they've built this brand to where, from the last TV deal to the new TV deal, they they raised the value seventy percent. That's big. And this almost guarantees that NWA does not make uh, an appearance on the CW network, which has to irritate Billy Corgan. Um, and so that that's big. That's big, right? So the last news story I want to talk about, though, is apparently over the last 24 hours, WWE has edited CM Punk's alumni page. And... This has casual fans, CM Punk fans, hardcore fans all in a scurry trying to figure out what this means. And then you have me. This is my response to it. Could this be them sort of telling us CM Punk showing up? Maybe. But here's what I think it is. Here's what I think it is. Because I, I, did, what I, I, do, I did what I always do, and I do research before I try to talk about these things, I went to, I think it's called the Wayback machine or internet archive. I don't, I think I don't, it goes by both names and you can put in a website and you can look at the saved versions of that website. Um, over time. And I think CM Punk's website for his profile, the furthest back you could go was like 2012. Um, but I went back to January of 2023 and I, I, the first, I think it was like January 5th, 2023 was the screen, the first screenshot of the year 
that was uploaded of of the page. And I looked at it, and none of the information is different from this new saved edition from November like 6th or 7th, whenever it happened. Right? Nothing changed. So what could have happened, Could they could have just gone in there, or nothing noticeable changed to me. I didn't see any wording differences. or anything. So they could have just gone on there and put a different picture. The picture is the same, but they could have put a different picture file where they saved the picture again. It was just a different file name. They could have done something like that. They could have maybe added a period somewhere that I didn't catch or take a period away. Um, and, and what I think it is, is ultimately just stirring the pot. They want to get people talking about this. I'm not a hundred percent guaranteeing CM Punk showing up because of this. There are going to be people that say all of these teases, WWE's for sure bringing CM Punk in and he may as well show up and I'll say I was wrong, but I, I just don't think this is enough proof to say, oh, CM Punk's going to be there. I think this easily could have just been WWE stirring the pot to get the conversation started. I think that's what this could have easily just have been because we really have to ask ourselves and we've already been over this, but what's the value that CM Punk brings? What's the value that CM Punk brings to WWE? They don't need more ticket sales. They're already selling out arenas. The TV deals they're making massive amounts of money on, and CM Punk's not there yet. Like, what else does the benefit of CM Punk to give you other than, you know, a three to four month reign to lead to WrestleMania, a run to lead to WrestleMania? And then what? I don't think there's a benefit there, right? Because you look at the, 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 if you look at the shows, leading into WrestleMania that CM Punk could be on outside of just selling out Rawls and SmackDowns, which are probably already going to sell out anyway because the product's just hot. They're moving tickets, man. They're moving tickets. You don't need CM Punk. They're already moving. But you have Royal Rumble, which will sell out because it's Royal Rumble. You have Backlash, or not Backlash, excuse me, Elimination Chamber, in Australia, that's going to sell out when tickets go on sale because it's a foreign Australian show. You don't need CM Punk there. And then you have WrestleMania, which is going to sell out because it's WrestleMania. So what are you needing CM Punk to sell tickets for? Because Rawls and SmackDowns are already selling out. Right? It's not like, the, will his merch move? Sure. But it's not like they need help moving any other merch or making money from anything else. LA Knight's got that locked down. Roman Reigns has got that locked down. I just don't see the benefit of bringing in CM Punk. I just don't. I can admit I'll be wrong. And when he shows up, I'm not going to be overly emotional. I'm not going to cry that he shows up. I'm probably going to be very meh about him showing up. Because I don't. I just don't think he's needed. I just don't. Um... And so I don't see a benefit. I just don't see a benefit in having CM Punk be here. And so the, I think this ultimately could have just been WWE stirring the pot just a little bit to get this conversation started. 
to get the expectation going. And then, like, well, well, if they're doing this and they let us down, they're going to hijack. Chicago's not going to hijack the show. Chicago had the opportunity to hijack AEW the day CM Punk was fired, and they did not do it. They did not do it. It's going to be the same audience. Let, let's not act like it's going to be a completely different audience than the than the audience that was in Chicago the day CM Punk was fired and they didn't hijack the show. If they wanted to hijack the show, they would have done it then. But they didn't. It's not, they're not going to hijack the show. They're just not. Unless you give them an ultimate snoozer, but that's not going to happen. CM Punk doesn't have to be there. He just doesn't. And I'm going to rest on that. I'm going to 100% build my my viewpoint on that, that CM Punk is not needed in WWE. It could have even just been them adding videos to his profile because it, we're approaching 10 years from, from when he... Like, people just jump in. Oh, they're editing things. Maybe they added more videos. It's been 10 years since we've seen him in a WWE or will be 10 years at Royal Rumble. It's been 10 years. Maybe they added a 10-year anniversary of his last match in Royal Rumble. Who knows what they did? But everyone's acting like, oh, they're, they're, they're dusting off the old book here. They got to get it ready for when he shows up. Now, what do they got to get ready? The profile hasn't changed in 10 years. And I, I think it's just ultimate overreaction. I think it's ultimate overreaction to just some stir, pot stirring. That, that That's just how I feel about it. So let me know what y'all think. I know this was a little bit more than the traditional NXT review, but there was some news that we had to talk about. Let me know what y'all think about this and everything we discussed. Uh, if you watch NXT, let me know what y'all th- thought about the episode. And uh, with that being said, I will see y'all next week. Have a great rest of your day. Great rest of your week. And again, like, share, subscribe, Slap and Meat Wrestling Podcast merchandise at slappingmeatwrestling.com. Like, share, subscribe. Join the Discord links also in the description. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day and week. And I'll see you on Monday. Brother, I'm going on a wild hog If I like it's a moment, I'll make sure it's an explosion. Cause lately I've been